and welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I am your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hello, Frecha Purim, everybody. Happy Purim, happy Purim. So, we are going to be discussing Purim as an experience. Um, if nobody knows what Purim is and you're a listener here, um, people like to say that it's Jewish Halloween. It is actually the opposite of that. Um, it's not about getting, it's about giving and about hearing the story of Queen Esther, which was a story about a woman in Persia uh, who was able to save the Jews uh, with her wit and faith in Hashem. Um, all right, so, Ima, we were going to talk a little bit about some creative Purim costumes and some Purim antics. Uh, I was going to discuss the Purim antics that Menachem pulled back in the day. Um, uh, he, the, the, one, of the, one of the themes... Tell our listeners, who's Menachem? Menachem is my little brother. Uh, and they had some... It's traditional to have uh, Purim pranks in school. Uh, some of them go too far, and some of them go just right. And I think my brother's was just right, but people didn't understand it. They, they, they were too narrow-minded. Um, uh, he basically... what he, he stacked up all the chairs... In, in the school, and then put, and some people uh, took the initiative and put flour on the fans. He, he did not do the flour. That's the thing. He said all he did was he just TP'd everything. He put toilet paper all over the place, and that was it. But evidently, a group of boys came in after him and threw flour everywhere. And he, to he told the principal, he said that he wasn't responsible for that, that what he did was non destructive, but the principal didn't believe him, and he you know, put him in with everybody else, and he got suspended for a day. Well, I know uh, my sister uh, pulled some pranks. Um, it was very traditional that 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 the girls' schools would prank the boys' schools, and the boys' schools would try to prank the girls' schools. And one of them was uh, they put balloons everywhere and streamers everywhere, uh, and I thought that was really neat. Um, they had little, you know, Freyla from Purim stuff everywhere. One of them was like a balloon, you know, in different shapes and whatnot, and I thought it was pretty funny. Well, one of the poor things that they did, TA, that actually made it um, onto the radio because uh, Tom Moore, who had a talk show at the time in Baltimore, saw it. And you know how a lot of the um, public schools in Baltimore City were putting up these big banners on their schools that said, Believe. So at TA, they put up this huge banner on, this, on their school that said, Behave. And Tom Moore was uh, driving to work and saw that and mentioned that on his program that he really liked it, that he thought that the uh, Jew the Jewish boys' school had the right idea. Oh, sure. Totalitarianism. That's perfect. It fits, <laughs> it fits into just what a, a little Jewish boy needs. Pure and total control. Well, you need to learn how to behave. I think I, I call it uh, discipline. Good discipline. Yes. Yes. Total discipline. Mm -hmm. Just pure blind obedience. It's... But anyway, so what are one of the more... Um, Creative like shalach manas packages. Well, I've been seeing see. lately a lot of a lot of nurses and doctor um, kind of outfits where everyone, the whole family, dresses up in like doctor, nurse, um, patient, you know, uniforms and costumes, and then they give the shalach manas, which is like the the, the gifts that usually exchange, um, shaped like you know a, a medic's uh, bag or whatnot. I've seen that. Yeah, for those people though who um, are not familiar with Jewish customs. Shalach Manas is a, a basket, is a decorative gift basket that we give of food to friends to show, um, I guess, uh, you know, 
uh, camaraderie, appreciation. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be what you, you know, said, yeah. building up a community. There's a lot of various mm -hmm. reasons um, for it, but it's all about giving, uh, giving gifts and and giving also to the poor. Um, a lot of people, not this year, but back, but um, years before, you'd have a lot of young high school students uh, collect for uh, different programs. Some in Israel, some in America. Um, I know I, what I did was I was with my friends and we dressed up as um, army men and we would come along and start collecting uh, throughout Baltimore. Uh, unfortunately, one time me and my friends were doing it and we got jumped, we got robbed. Uh, luckily, it wasn't. Bef it was before we started uh, going ahead and you know collecting, um, but we we got robbed. We had to call the police and we had to get them involved and whatnot. Um, it was like these three big guys. We me and me and my friends. We were just puny tenth graders. They were, we were like, we were about to get go into whole head on head on head, and I was gonna do a whole big fight. And, and then they kind of pushed pushed us around, and then we pushed them back around, and then they kind of just grabbed our bikes and ran away. Um, but yeah, no, I've seen a lot of a lot of creative um, groups that do collecting. Uh, sometimes they go ahead and dress up as sailors. Uh, I know one year they did that. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Do you remember the Jewish family that dressed up as an Amish family and they went so far as they actually got a wagon and a horse oh, and yeah. they were going around the Jewish community distributing their shalachmanas dressed up as this um, Amish family with a horse and a wagon. And I remember a police car uh, was across the street and saw them. I saw the police lady pick up her car radio and she was talking and talking and talking and looking at them and talking and talking and talking. And then she put down the radio and she drove away. So I was just imagining her calling her, you know, her superior saying, um, Hey, there's uh, somebody here in a horse and wagon. Uh, what shall I do? And they uh, probably told her it's okay. It's just, you know, it's just, um, supposed to be like a type of fun religious observance. Just, you know, leave them alone. So out of curiosity, what, did you celebrate Purim extensively when you were growing up? I wasn't religious, and the only I wasn't familiar. Well, I was familiar with Shalach Mundus and all that, but we didn't do it. We went to Shul, and they had a children's reading of the Megillah, which was a lot of fun, and they pass up the groggers and the homentation. And I remember that being a lot, and they would um, put on maybe a puppet show or maybe a magic show. But as for we as for us, the non-religious kids actually doing things in our own family and in our own communities, like Shalachmanis or getting dressed up, we just we just didn't do that. We didn't, you know, we just didn't do that. It was as simple as that. We went to show, but that was about it. But um, your father and I reminisce about um, the type of homentation we had when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you had three choices of homentation, and that was it. You had either cherry or poppy seed, or prune butter. <laughs> prune butter? Yes. I'd be okay prune. with prune, but prune butter just sounds worse. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I'm assuming more elderly people enjoyed that flavor? Um, Not exactly elderly, but in those days, I don't know, there wasn't too much of a variety. It's not like today, oh my gosh, you get all these creative homentation of them. Um, you have peanut butter homentation, you've got chocolate chip, you've got apricot, you've got... Blueberry. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you got every type of, type imaginable. You have you have marshmallow with sprinkles. I mean, every type imaginable. Um, well, actually, but, that's well, that's what I've kind of noticed on uh, sifting on the internet and going on Reddit. Um, I noticed that a lot of more 
more non-religious Jews are celebrating Purim now. Like I've, I've seen more non-religious Jews, you know, Bay Kamantashin, dress up in costume, even here in the Megillah, uh, which is very interesting compared to what you were just saying. But when you were, I guess, in Mahon Khana, did you guys do any programs or what exactly did you do? Oh, wow. Well, the, they had the dormitory. I, we had a great dormitory counselor. She was terrific. And I want to give her a shout out. I don't know what her married name is, but her maiden name was Sterna Groner. And she was Yitzhak Groner's daughter. He was the Shliach, I think, in Melbourne at the time. She was amazing. She used to organize all sorts of celebrations and for bring-ins and get-togethers, and she organized an entire Purim carnival for the community that we had in the dormitory. I was placed in charge of the haunted house. So um, I took the laundry room, which was all dark. I took a shadal head, and I painted it up to very gruesome, and I put it in the dryer with a flashlight, <laughs> and then I made on a table a fake body with spaghetti in oh, the inside, yeah. you know, one of those things. Um, the girls in the dormitory got together with the tape recorder and made a whole recording of all these scary sounds of screaming and of ooh, 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 and <laughs> you know, those type of scary type sounds that I would play. Then there was a girl in our dormitory who had been a fashion model and had been in theater, and she knew a lot about costumes and stage makeup. And I had this robe that I bought for myself that had, it was like a multicolored robe. So, had a colored dream coat? You might say, yeah. So I put on this multicolored robe, and she got an old shadow. She put it on me, she teased it out and sprayed it. And then she took the stage makeup, and she made my face look absolutely gruesome. So I sent, I had a friend of mine take a picture of me. I sent the, I sent the picture. To my mother, in those days, you actually had to send real photographs. There was no such thing as the iPhone sending things over the iPhone or anything like that. The internet. So no such thing. What? That you're talking 1970s. 1970s. You're talking about 1970s. Oh my goodness! Yes. The ancient times. Were Jews allowed in clubhouses? So, <laughs> so I um, put I I put I uh, sent it to my mother with a with a letter saying if anybody if any of your friends. Ask you what your daughter is doing now. Just show them this picture. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I set up this haunted house and, you know, made the whole thing dark. And so when the kids came in, they were hearing the tape recorder. And I was at the top of these steps that led down to the laundry room. And I had this pole and I started to bang on the steps and come down with this gruesome costume. Well, we had some kids that screamed and just ran out the door. <laughs> we had a group of girls that came into the haunted house and they were walking around and I came down the steps banging this pole and they screamed and these were like oh these were like teenage girls and they ran out and one of them yelled I'm gonna have my father sue you <laughs> oh my gosh it, it was absolutely hysterical that sounds awesome so um a year later I got a job uh, teaching at the local elementary school there you know, English studies, fourth grade English studies. And one of the books that the girls read for a book report was, I think it was called The Littlest Witch. It was very popular at the time about a little, about a 10 year old girl whose family, who actually was a witch and decides she wants to be normal and go to the regular school and everything. So like Sabrina, the teenage witch? Sim similar. It was really, it was a funny little book. So um, the little girl gave the book report on it. And so I wanted to make clear to the children that we don't believe in witches. We're Jewish. and we do No, we believe in witches. It's just, you're not supposed to act on you're not supposed to act on being Wiccan and whatnot because yeah. it's considered paganism and yeah. 
all that stuff. But so, that's just the yeah. side. Point. So I said to the children, I said, you know, we as Jews don't don't believe in, um, you know, in witches. And, and the children in the class vehement, very vehemently insisted, but we saw a real witch. We really saw a real, real witch. I said, oh, you, I said, what? And they said, yeah, they said, we saw a real witch. They insisted they saw a real witch. I said, where was this? And they said, it was last Purim. He said, we went to Machon Khan at the Purim Carnival. Uh, and at the Purim Carnival, they had a real witch. So awesome. I said to them, girls, that wasn't a real witch. It was one of the girls in the dormitory dressed up like, like a monster. And I said, no, no, she was a real witch. You should have seen her. She was a real witch. I said, girls, I said, I know that was not a real witch. And they said, how would you know? And so I finally said, girls, I was the witch. And they cracked up laughing. They, could, awesome. they couldn't believe it. They came home. They all told the parents, guess what? Our teacher was the witch. They were like, wow, so proud of the fact that, wow, their teacher was the witch at the forum carnival. Do you, do you remember a book that used to read to us when we were kids about this, um, this teacher who was a really nice, sweet teacher? And then the whole point was she set she had her substitute teacher take over and her substitute teacher was like a real mean, almost like a witch person. I remember and then that at the story. end, in the end, it's actually, it's, 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 um, turns out it was just her all along with makeup. Yes. What I was remember it that book. I don't remember it, but I remember that book. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking of the time when I was in, in Yeshiva in Israel on Purim. And unfortunately I can't really remember most of it, but that's due to the fact that we had, only 12 boys in our school, and we had about 24 bottles of vodka, and we finished <laughs> all of that in three days straight. <laughs> because um, the, the another part of Purim is called Shushan Purim, and you're, you're supposed to celebrate Purim in a, in a city that has walls that were built during the times of Joshua. And in the old city of Jerusalem, they celebrate Purim, uh, Purim for about two days. And if, it if the Purim falls out on a Friday... They extend it to three days, which means Friday, Shabbos, and Sunday, which means three days straight of a celebrating Purim. So I remember dressing up as actually a punk. I remember giving, my, giving myself a mohawk and um, walking around with a bloody t-shirt. And I didn't realize that when you're in certain areas, someone walks around and they see you with blood, they kind of don't think it's just a prank. They think it's real. And I tried getting into um, a, a club and be like, hey, I'm just trying to get in. And they're like, what's on your shirt? I'm like, it's just, it's a costume. It's not real. And they looked at it, they examined it, and they realized that, like, you know, real blood browns, and they understood that knowledge. And they're like, okay, it's, 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 it's fake. It's just a prank. But some people just weren't, weren't a huge fan of it. That is interesting. That I didn't know. It's very interesting. You know, I remember, though, your poor costume that year. Oh, which Were one? You, the caveman. The caveman. Oh, that was a oh, yes. stare. That was so funny. What happened was, um, Saadia. I was getting some material, Joanne Fabrics, to make a Purim costume for your younger sister. She wanted to be an Egyptian princess. So I wanted to buy this like nice gold material and make a gathered skirt for her and like maybe, uh, you know, something on top. So you were there and you saw this leopard material and you took it, you, you decided it would be interesting to make like a loincloth or something like a caveman. So you took it over to the ladies that were at the, um, the the, ca the counter there where they measured the material and they cut it for you. And you said to them, how much of this would I need to go around my waist for a loincloth? Well, they cracked up laughing. And then one of them said to you, okay, where's the camera? That's cute. <laughs> well, 
and then I remember what happened afterwards. That was hysterical. You made your you made your costume, and there was one Motsui Shabbos where I was at a bridal shower. I wasn't home. I was at a bridal shower. Oh, yeah. It was like about, I'd say about five blocks away, maybe a mile away. Okay. It was Saturday night, and you wanted to show your Purim, corn, your Purim uh, costume to some friends of yours. So um, our neighborhood here, let's put it this way, Saturday night, you got some pretty rough characters that are driving and walking around in our old neighborhood. And your friends came up in the car, and you put on this caveman outfit with this little loincloth and this thing that went across maybe the top and you know, your chest was bare except for this like strut, this uh, piece of material that went across it and you came out you showed them your Purim costume fine they, they drive away you turn around to go back into the house and realize you had accidentally locked yourself out so you had to walk five blocks Saturday night in that get up <laughs> Oh, yeah. And go to the bridal shower and walk in there with all these ladies sitting there to get the house key from me. Oh, honey, dear, you look like you're going to catch a cold. <laughs> I remember that, actually. I do. Um, yeah, no, I, I I love dressing up for Parm. Um, this year, I, I didn't dress up and everything like that just because, you know, it's, it's I'm still in the year of Avalos and the year of mourning. Um, so dressing up isn't something I can do. Um, and my girlfriend also, she lost her mother and she's also in the year of mourning. So we both didn't dress up. So we decided next year we're going to dress up. We're going to do the roaring twenties and we're going to do, uh, uh, we're going to go all out. And I think that's what, that's what we, you know, fun to do. Part of it, I just, for me, it's just, it's a lot about just everyone being happy. It's, it's, it's a time that you're supposed to make yourself happy where, you know, there's no, you're not allowed to be depressed. Um, you're not allowed to be upset. And when you feel that everyone else, no matter what's going on, no matter how life is happening, that they are just determined, like, you know what? Today is the day I'm just going to be happy. And today is the day where you have to be happy. You have to be just excited about everything. And I think when, I, when, when, when you feel that in a community, in, in a people where we're all, today is the day that we're all just going to be happy, even though we're going through some stuff, you know, it, it, it helps me know that life can get better. That's that's very beautiful. Thank you. Again? I, I try I try very hard. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Don't forget to click uh, like, share, subscribe, whatever. Um, tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell your mother. Tell your father. Tell your cousin. Tell that long-distance person who's been stalking for the past five days. It doesn't matter. Anybody. Just get the name out. And remember, people in my age bracket will certainly remember the prune homentation. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful Freilich and Parm. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please like and share and find us on Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother Podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you.